Hi, my name is Will Newsom, and you're listening to Test Start. In this show, we explore the realities of changing careers and getting into tech. In previous episodes, we talked about what a new career in tech can bring your life, how to apply your past work experience, and tips to find a job that allows you to keep a good work-life balance. We've heard from career coaches and bootcamp students on what the journey was like to break into tech. But what is waiting for you when you actually get that job? What does a day in the life of a tech worker actually look like? To find out, I spoke with Julian Hernandez, triple 10 tutor and a full stack software engineer who's been working in tech for almost a decade. Yeah, so my name is uh, Julian Hernandez. I'm from uh, Philadelphia, PA, city of brotherly love, born and raised like uh, like Will Smith. And uh, I am a self-taught full stack developer. When did you start your journey in uh, tech? I got interested when I was in high school. I wanted to be an app developer. So I started learning Java. Um, I started learning that online. But after learning it, I fell in love with the coding part of it. Then some website opportunity, you know, just some friends that had some small businesses. They were like, hey, we know you're into that stuff. Could you, you know, could you throw together a website. So I started learning uh, web development after that. I just started with, you know, just JavaScript, terrible HTML sites that I made, very limited CSS. But um, yeah, that was pretty much how I started into that. Yeah, that, I mean, that's pretty much my journey from the beginning. I know you said that you wanted to be an app developer. What drew your interest into the tech industry itself? Because you were because you, you got interested really early while you were still in high school. When I was in high school, I went to a tech school. So they were really big on the tech. We learned HTML, you know, very limited HTML. I remember seventh grade computer class. Everyone was just mega confused. And I don't think anyone's even realized we were developing websites. It was just HTML, no CSS. But later on, freshman year of high school, my, in fact, my class was the pilot for this program. They gave us all iPads. So every student in the class had iPads, every single freshman. So you can imagine that, you know, it was supposed to boost productivity, but we ended up all just playing games all the time. <laughs> so that was a new game every week. Week. But one thing that I don't know if you remember this game years ago, it was called Flappy Bird. Yeah. I love the game. Played it all the time. Yeah. But um, it was just an indie developer. It was a guy named Don Nguyen. And this guy reportedly was making about 50K a day just based off the ad revenue. I think he just lived with his mom. He just, in his room, he just created this game and it just went viral. And I'm like, wow, that sounds like my situation. If I can just go in my room, code for a few hours and just create a game that goes viral. I mean, that's phenomenal. So that's what got me into app development specifically. What do you think the differences are, pros and cons versus self-taught and then boot camp? There's so many different definitions of what is self-taught. I always say self-taught if you didn't have like a community. And um, I think that's one of the most valuable things of when you do a boot camp is a community around you. Mm. But my biggest struggle in the beginning was not just learning it, but also knowing what to learn. I mean, there's so many things out there. I mean, first there's app development. I wish I had, you know, I wish someone told me sooner. Like, I mean, you think about apps today. I mean, there's more demand for web than, than there is for anything. Yeah. I wish I had someone tell me that sooner than have to find it out for myself. But then there's so many different stacks. There's the Mern stack, there's a mean stack, there's, you know, PHP, Python, Django. Like, which one do you get into? Yeah. Just having to figure that 
that out for myself was one of the most frustrating things as well. Was there enough information available to you? How did you sift through like the garbage and then what was really valuable? And did you like struggle or was it kind of easy? Because you know, I know you said you had an interest in computers in a ways when you were younger. Yeah, I mean, I definitely struggled as to what resources to use. There was still a good amount, not nearly as many as today. I mean, but there was free code camp was a big one back then. And then there was just endless, you know, people create YouTube playlists like, oh, you know, just take just, you know, work to this playlist and you'll be a full stack developer by the end of it. I learned a little bit from many different places. So when I started something a little bit more formal like Udemy, I just get bored so quickly in the beginning because I had kind of learned the basics already. Yeah. So it kind of took a while for me to get to the part where like, okay, like here's here's where um, I have my knowledge gap. Here's when I'm learning things. So a lot of it too is just self-discipline. I was just sticking through those points and, and getting through it. But Udemy was probably my biggest resource. Definitely. I, I can definitely agree with you on the Udemy. I probably started 20 courses and finished two. <laughs> what were like the techniques and or how did you, I guess, perfect your craft when you were still like in the learning stages of developing like your uh, code habits? The thing that benefited me the most was watching other people code, mm. because of course you can watch tutorials and, you know, you, you watch someone else code, but just uh, there's so many live streams online uh, of people who just, hey, like, I'm going to do this small project today. Just watch me work through it. Because when you keep watching the tutorials and get stuck in that, what they call tutorial purgatory, mm -hmm. you're seeing someone who has that entire thing scripted. So you're seeing someone work through it so fast. They'll make small mistakes but they're not, uh, you know, architectural mistakes. They have the whole project built out. So you don't kind of see that mind running and you don't see them. Okay. So here's, you know, plan A, plan B, and you know, plan C. And then let me work through those steps. Uh, they already have it all worked out. So when you watch someone live code, you see them go through that thought process. And, the, and the, if they're, if it's a good tutorial, they'll talk you through it. Yeah. You know, okay. So here's a problem I'm solving. Here's a few ways I can do it. And ultimately here's what I'm going to go with. You, you see that thought process, you know, that just helped me mold my I guess my developer mind you know just just architecturally building out you know these different systems whether it be you know a huge system or just a small page website working through some CSS problems so you know just seeing that uh, another person work through that mindset and how they think about it how they solve certain problems that helped me so much do you think it's easier or harder to become like a self-taught programmer uh, nowadays there's obviously way more resources some are like more vetted and you can tell because like reviews comments all that kind of stuff but then there's like a lot of complex tech stacks as well now of course i'm a little biased so if anyone asks me i, I still you know I, I tell them to do a boot camp mm. you know of course i'm a little biased being at triple 10 but um i think that that's the best way still if i had someone to guide me i probably would have done it in probably less than half the time than i would have uh, i probably would have been a better developer today but um you know if someone does want to go the super self-taught route you know with the udemy courses and just working through it where you don't have deadlines you don't have a community i mean it's definitely still possible for anybody but there's just so much self-discipline involved in it because so much more i always suggest a boot camp over anything you mentioned a, a really interesting term earlier tutorial purgatory yeah could you give us maybe some ways that if somebody is stuck in that purgatory how they could get out of it i remember one day i went to starbucks i was still in the beginning i had a freelance client and i was in starbucks you know just coding away on a small little site 
And I saw a guy next to me and he was on an iPad watching tutorials, coding tutorials. Mm -hmm. And I remember he saw me and, and he looked at me and he was like, oh, wow, you know, like that's another guy, you know, he's into code. And I remember just watching him and he's on an iPad and he, he's just there just watching it, just just blindly just watching it, not not following along, just just watching it. And I remember thinking to myself, man, like I remember those days where I would sit down and just watch a tutorial and not take any action. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't follow along. I would just sit there and watch it. And I think that just because I'm watching it, some by osmosis, I'm just soaking it in. Mm. So just don't, if you're in that, watch tutorials, watch, watch as many as you can, but take action on it, follow along, you know, code alongside it, you know, don't just watch it. And finally, work on things that you find interesting. So you have a small app idea. It could be the dumbest idea in the world. It can be completely useless. Just build it. Because when you do that, again, you're going to develop those thinking skills of working out those problems yourself. Again, they're not going to be scripted. They're not going to be architected for you. You can learn the syntax of like language all you want, but if you're not developing those skills to actually build something, you know, yourself, yeah. then you're going to be stuck in that tutorial purgatory where you always need direction for every single line of code. You're not thinking for yourself. Mm, okay. What do you do now, Julie? I know you have, you've had, um, you've went at development, what development, what, what do you currently do? Yeah. So I tell everyone I'm a full stack developer. I always say I'm a jack of all trades master at absolutely none. <laughs> so, um, right now I actually, since the beginning, I had always gotten involved with, uh, WordPress and PHP, which people always kind of snicker at that because it's like a, it's like a dying language. And it is, you know, I, I think, I don't know the stats on it. But I think um, WordPress is like the only thing keeping PHP alive. Now, one reason I never tell anyone I'm a WordPress developer is because that means a lot of different things nowadays. Because mm -hmm. you can get into WordPress and then just work with something called like WP Bakery or Elementor where you're just dragging and dropping things. That's not what I do. <laughs> I, I do the completely custom stuff. So I work a lot with WordPress. A lot of uh, the company I work with now, I work with an agency. So that's why I tell everyone I'm a lot of different, a little different, a little unconventional conventional because most developers, they work with a company that, you know, just house an in-house product or in-house software. Mm -hmm. I work with an agency that builds software for other clients. Mm -hmm. So it's a little different, but that's pretty much what I do now. And uh, it's, I, I was trying to get away from WordPress, but uh, every time I do it, it keeps coming back. And, uh, you know, at this point, I wouldn't say I'm a master at it, but it's probably what, what I know best. So I guess it looks like I'm sticking with it for now. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Actually, a lot of people are trying to move into tech right now what kind of life is a person signing up for when they when they choose to work in the tech industry it definitely depends on where you go you know if you're working for a bigger company you might find yourself in the land of ping pong tables and and pool tables and uh, <laughs> you know those weird chairs that they got you know if you're working for a fan company like facebook or amazon or yeah. apple and then um that's one life big corporate lifestyle or you can go for a startup where you know hopefully a lot of times you're, you're making more than the C-suite because you're actually getting a salary, <laughs> yeah. whereas those guys are, you know, just getting dividends and, and stock. But um, it, it really just depends on where you go. Like, you know, for a startup, they, they kind of a lot of them expect you to kind of give your life to the startup because, you know, they're trying to work this big ball up a hill, big stone up a hill. And uh, sometimes it doesn't work out. Or like me, my goal was to have a really flexible schedule, which is one of the reasons I love working for smaller companies. So I do a lot 
lot of outside volunteer work. I do about, I'm also a volunteer Bible teacher. So I do about 600 a year, which comes out to about 50 a month, oh, 50 hours a month. Oh man. So um, I have to work a lot of my time around that. I love finding flexible positions. And that's one of the reasons I love the position I'm at now is my boss is awesome. Even last minute stuff, he, he's fine with, you know, working around it. Just as long as I get things in on time, you know, the, the time that I do the work isn't so important. And that's a beautiful thing about working in a small company too. We don't have, I love agile and, you know, all those types of working flows, but you know, the morning standups where you talk about things you did yesterday and everybody else acts like they care. I'm not a big fan of that. <laughs> so uh, we don't do that as small company. We just, you get the work, you do it. You have questions. No, it's done. Great. So we just, we do the work and that's, that's all they care about. So it really just depends on, on where you land, but pretty much every workflow that you like, you know, there's something available in tech and, you know, you just got to find the right company. Okay. Have you ever worked at like a big corporation before? I haven't mainly because they never offer the flexible schedules mm. that I'm looking for. So um, I had Amazon reached out a little while ago when I told them about what I'm looking for. They're like, oof, we can do a little something, but not nearly as flexible as they are here. Yeah. Um, another company that reached out, I actually ended up getting an offer from them. They were offered some flexibility, but just not at the same level. And the pay was uh, higher than I have now. But, um, but I didn't end up taking that either. Like I said, the work-life balance is what's most important to me. So, you know, is it the, is it the money you want or the work-life balance? I, I chose a work-life balance. Why did you decide to become a tutor at Triple Ten? I mean, we're always learning. So, you know, I'm still in that phase. But um, I think back to my journey of, you know, finding my first job and actually getting comfortable, you know, telling people I'm a developer and actually believing in myself. <laughs> so I think back to it, it was just so messy for me. And I did not have anyone to guide me. I didn't have anyone that was even interested in coding. I just did not know anyone. I could have done better at networking. And, you know, I live in Philly and there's a few, you know, conventions and things that, that they do and meetups. I, I could have done better at doing that. But um, I just, I did not even know anybody that was interested in it, that did it for a living, that was interested in even learning it. So just having nobody to talk to about it and um, other than, you know, like online forums and, and Stack Overflow, I really wish I had that just to keep going like I, I was fascinated when I would meet someone and so being at triple 10 and you know being one of those tutors and being able to help other students who are interested in it who have the passion it also helped me you know revive that passion as well you know I get to see other people who are in the beginning and are so you know so interested in it and they just spend all of their time in it and then by the end of the program they're telling me things they learned and I'm like hey man you know I haven't even I haven't even looked into that yet and they're asking me about it mm -hmm. and so you know help me revive that passion and just why I got into it as well. But, you know, being that person, it helps guide someone toward something I love so much. I mean, that's, that's awesome. Okay. I love it. Are there common struggles between the students, even at Tripleton in the bootcamp, like, like a certain theme that runs among like students that are, like maybe new to tech? Yeah. In the beginning, a lot of times you can see when a student hasn't wrapped their mind around everything that's going on, like how HTML, CSS, and JavaScript fit together. And the fact that they're writing code 
that comes from the server and goes to their client on the browser. So in the beginning, I try to, in the beginning sprints, I try to make sure that every student has their head wrapped around that. So in the beginning, I think that's a common struggle. They just know I'm going to learn to code mm -hmm. and they get into triple 10 software engineering and they don't understand the difference between this and, and app development. It's the different fields. So a lot of times, you know, some people may just sign up and like, okay, this is something I'm going to learn. And, you know, they haven't done the other research around it and just wrap their hand around exactly what it is they're learning and, and how this actually benefits people or, or will actually find them a job. So I think that's a common struggle. Okay. Are there any study tips that like you've seen to be proven to like be effective within like the student population? Yeah. One thing I always say not to do is don't take notes. And I don't mean don't take any notes. I mean, don't take notes as if there's going to be a test because there's, there's no test. Mm -hmm. So in fact, I had another body that um, signed up and a few other students and they're like, you know, they, they show me that this huge notebook and they're like, yeah, look, look at all the notes I'm taking. And I'm like, that's a waste of time because you're never going to look at them. Mm -hmm. Because if you actually need to go back in those notes, uh, Google search or Stack Overflow or even nowadays, uh, ChatGPT, you know, they're, they're a lot faster yeah. than, you know, th going back in those notes. So, you know, hey, look, if that's worked for you, fine. But in most cases, and everyone I talk to, they come back and they're like, you're right. Uh, I never looked at the notebook. I threw it away. I stopped wasting time, you know, spending a half an hour on one page of the theory. And, um, you know, just because I wanted to take all the notes I can, you know, just retain it. Y you learn when you code. Yeah. So, you know, just hands on doing is when you learn. And that's why that tutorial purgatory is, is so difficult because you think you're learning when you watch someone else do it. But it's not until you get in there and you have the problems that you learn. Mm. So, you know, just learn theory, watch tutorials, but at the end of the day, do get into a code editor. You may not know anything. You don't know what you're doing. Just start and you'll find, you'll figure it out from there. You've been in tech for a pretty a significant amount of time now. Have you seen like a change in like the crowd that's trying to break into tech from when you when you first started? I I don't know if I can say for sure because I you know once it, once you once I started as a tutor here, that's when I really got to see who's you know who's trying to break into tech, and that's when I landed in. I don't know if I'm in an echo chamber or boot camp or it really has just <laughs> blown up in the last year. I yeah. think it has, but yeah, I was surprised to see the age ranges. Um, there's a lot of older ones, you know, like over. 50 who have retired and they're just looking for something to do or even to break into tech completely and find a job, which I think is awesome because I've worked with a lot of them that have really picked it up really quick. And, you know, the so older ones as well. And I don't know the stats, so I can't say this for sure, yeah. but there's a lot of women and we also have women who code. Okay. I know that's someone that we work with, um, but there's a lot of women. And I know that there's that stigma of, of you know, women in STEM and, you know, that they're not encouraged to, to be in it. I mean, I can tell you there are, I mean, they're here and they're active and they're really good, if not the best students we have. No. So, um, yeah, there's, I was surprised to see how interested and how interested they are in it. Yeah. And of course they're phenomenal. Have you noticed people of like different generations learning differently? It's like the, like the wiser <laughs> generation uh, learning differently or absorbing the material differently than like the younger generations? Yeah, that's uh, that's an interesting question. When I think back to working with them, I would say that they like more hands-on 
guidance. Mm. So they love to have a tutor, you know, to talk to uh, the younger generation kind of just takes the videos. And I don't, I don't know if it's just, uh, you know, the, the internet that's done this, but they rather, you know, watch videos or read something <laughs> and, and learn it themselves than, uh, than, you know, talk to somebody in real life. But yeah. the older ones, they love to conversate too. And they're always on our office hours and they love to talk about our journey and what got us into it. And um, they love the formal, the formality of it, which uh, I'm a big fan of too. So, you know, they're, they're always one of the most professional as well, you know, and um, they, uh, yeah, they, they love that hands-on training and, and working with a tutor. There's like a term or like a process learning curve, like people when they first start the boot camps, they're super excited, learning a new skill, going to a new career. And then after time, it gets difficult and they lose a lot of enthusiasm. Like, have you have you noticed that being a tutor at Triple Ten? A hundred percent. A hundred percent. That happens so often. I know we have a graph. I'm not familiar with it. I forget what it's called. I know it's a theory, but um, it's uh, I know there's one part of it where, where you peak and then there's a valley of despair i think where you know you're so motivated and then you you see like wow like i've learned so much so far but there's still so much that i don't know and at the same time too you know life gets in the way sometimes things happen you may even you know you may even go through something tragic or you may get sick and um you may just have to give attention to other things instead of you know learning a new skill so i've definitely have seen that but i think the most detrimental of them is when you just lose interest Mm -hmm. because that's harder to get get back than than anything else so what i always tell people and especially friends that that want to learn they're like hey how'd you get into it i said the best thing you have to do is fall in love with it Mm -hmm. so if you do it for a month or two and you don't fall in love with it everyone's like yeah but i know there's good money in tech so i'm gonna stick with it i'm like don't don't waste your time just Mm -hmm. just go with something else because if you don't fall in love with it you're you're not going to stick with it Mm -hmm. you gotta love what you do so I even tell students that I don't know if they like that. I tell students that (laughs) I tell them if you don't fall in love with it, don't waste your time learning it. What's something that you wish you knew before starting in IT, like some insights and industry, like, like say I'm just wanting to go into, or maybe I just finished the bootcamp. What should I expect? Like my first job. And let's say, let's say we go to the agency because you're obviously working. People skills are really important. This industry, I was talking to another person that they were trying to break into tech and they said, because they're introverted, they just don't really want to deal with anybody. And that's true that, you know, a lot of jobs you don't deal deal with as many people as you do in in other fields. That's very true. But you still do have to deal with people. Even if you're a solo entrepreneur, a freelancer, you still have to deal with clients. And so you're dealing with a lot of people because you're dealing with, you know, business to business. You got to be super professional. Your people skills have to be great. Um, And if you're in a company, then, you know, communication is super important. It may just be through text even. I mean, there's some times where maybe I go a month without even hearing my boss's voice. You know, we'll just, we'll talk through Slack. and um, weeks at a time, but even that textual etiquette too, you still gotta have people skills. So if sure, if if you're, you don't wanna deal with people, it's a great industry to go into, yeah. but, um, cause you do it a lot less, but you still gotta do it. And so having good people skills, good communication skills is still super important. What do you think the best way, I guess the best path into IT? Like, is it like an online course, like YouTube University, then the bootcamp? Like I said, I always suggest the bootcamp because 
because it provides the structure of a lot of like Udemy courses, YouTube courses, they'll tell you, hey, look, you just watch this course and at the end of it, you have projects and you're ready to get out into the field. Mm -hmm. I think that's a little exaggerated. Um, I don't think it's necessarily realistic, but with Triple Ten, I think it is very realistic. Um, you see it, it, it happens. Mm -hmm. Even before students graduate, you know, even by Sprint 10, 11, you know, students are, are getting jobs, if I remember correctly. But I know before they graduate, <laughs> a lot of them, they've already find jobs and they just go from there. But I always suggest a boot camp because of that structure. And um, it is a, it is a very realistic claim that by the end of the boot camp, you're you're valuable in the job market. This was my conversation with Julian Hernandez. Now that you better know what a software developer's actual day to day work could look like, maybe you can picture your own path a little more clearly. Explore more career tips by visiting tripleton.com slash blog. This was a Tech Start podcast brought to you by Lebo Lebo Studio in partnership with Triple Ten. In the next episode, we're going to explore another aspect of why tech attracts newcomers, the opportunity to work remotely or switch locations within the states. Stay tuned. Stay tuned.